Welcome to the Sorry I Offended You podcast. Once again, this is Brandon Marshall Havener. And if you didn't know my name, today we're going to talk about masculine and feminine energy. Uh, and also the popularity, I guess, in the mainstream. I feel like it's kind of mainstream now to talk about toxic masculinity. And... I don't think you you don't really hear people talk about toxic femininity. We only hear about toxic masculinity and how that is evil. And I want to I want to say my thoughts on this and my journey around it. And I want to break down what masculine and feminine energy is. And also I want to address something that I said earlier this morning that was the thought that came to mind which led to this podcast is it seems we are overtly outraged at any bit of wounded masculine destruction while wounded feminine destruction is ignored or even sometimes seen as progress. So I want to go further into what my thoughts are around that, what drove me to post that, and why I feel it's important to know all that good stuff. And I also want to put a caveat here. This isn't some gender war bullshit. And... When I say feminine, I don't always mean women. And when I say masculine, I don't always mean men. Now, I understand why this is a common thing that people argue um, and try to say that, you know, like to, to put gender involved in this because men, for the most part, are have a dominant masculine energy and women, for the most part, have a dominant feminine energy. Although... If we just said it was men versus women, it would be a little too simplified and the point would be misunderstood. And I think when this concept is brought up, people's emotions get in the way and misunderstand the whole aspect of it. And they don't get the medicine learned from the lessons that are being taught right here or the value that could be seen by understanding more about masculine and feminine energy. So without a further without a further ado, first and foremost, I want to cover um, you know I, I I just want to cover what feminine energy is and what masculine energy is to define it, and what my thoughts of what actual toxic masculinity is, etc. So I'm looking at an image, and this is a popular image I've I've uh, reverted to at times when going over this subject it's by Miguel Dean I do not know who Miguel Dean is and so you know but I just found this uh picture or this graphic a good example or a good description of what masculine and feminine energy is so feminine energy is receptive passive contractive, intuitive, and inward. Masculine energy is projective, active, giving, expansive, and outward. The natural feminine would look like unconditional love, understanding, nurturing, tenderness, kindness, intuitive, creative, feeling, stillness, flow, radiance, surrender, sensitivity, emotional, ease and allowing the natural masculine would look like confidence and and when i say this see this is where it gets people tripped up where it's like oh wait men can only be confident 
No, that's not saying it's that's a masculine trait. You know, as a woman, you can be confident and it doesn't mean that you're overtly masculinized or anything like that just because you show confidence and inner strength, etc. So masculine, natural masculine is confidence, inner strength, responsibility, focus, logical, support, stability, direction, protection, clarity, boundaries, courage, discipline, capable, certain, and assertive. Now, one thing that came up uh, when I was reading that is boundaries, like masculine energy being boundaries. And that's that's sort of like that. That's why it's important to have that kind of like masculine structure, you know, the boundaries, you know, without that masculine structure in business, it can be difficult. And that's something that people have to learn. Like, so for instance, me being a masculine dominated person, um, in business, I would say like, okay, discipline, cool, uh, boundaries, cool. Like I, I got that under wraps, but if I'm a man, maybe learning to surrender more, maybe learning to be in my radiance more, maybe learning to embrace my intuition and creativity that perhaps me being raised as a boy in this world that I was kind of taken away from some of those things. So it's not good or bad. It doesn't mean you're either male or female. It's it's knowing these different energies and embodying this these different energies and also outsourcing some of these in, di- different energies in your business that would be helpful. You know, there's the way that Rebecca and I work together. There are some times where I can implement some of that masculine energy to help her hold the space of what she's doing and then help her have that freedom of being creative and playful and intuitive. Like, you know, like that can help her do that more. That's not to say that she doesn't set her own boundaries and, and create structures of her own, but having that combination between our two energies can be extremely helpful. And it, it's, it's helped a lot in being in business together um, and it has also helped in my business as well, like for her insights and her differences. And sometimes that looks, that doesn't look straightforward of like, oh, she gives feminine advice or like feminine, uh, examples, right? Sometimes it's like, it's just like a separate way of looking at things and, and looking at things with a new pair of eyes. And we both have that masculine and feminine energy but we notice where our strengths and some blind spots are and we strengthen each other's blind spots. Hopefully that made sense. Um, I know that was long-winded. But anyway, I just wanted to cover that. And then the wounded feminine would be victim, powerless, weakness, manipulation, withholding, neediness, codependency, oversensitivity, over-emotional. Wounded masculine would be... and what some people may consider toxic masculine um, would be perpetrator, abuse of power, dominance, aggression, control, competitive, confrontational, criticism, abuse, avoidance, unsupportive, and unstable. Now, I say this again, you may see uh, women who are wounded that act out in the wounded masculine sometimes. Like maybe they do have that dominance and aggression in their way of destruction. And same thing for men. You may see men in the wounded feminine where 
they do feel like powerless or they use manipulation or passive aggressive behavior, things of that nature. So I want to go over that. And I want to make my point clear with this whole toxic masculinity thing. Now, one argument against the term toxic masculinity is something that I used to hear is masculinity isn't toxic. And then the argument back is like, well, I'm not saying masculinity is toxic. I'm just pointing out the toxic ways a masculine reacts or whatever. And at some point in my journey, I stopped saying toxic masculinity. I, I think I noticed sort of maybe the popularity, at least in my world, of this word in maybe 2017. And I stopped saying toxic masculinity because I came to a few realizations. One realization is that it's a little misleading because toxic masculinity is not necessarily masculine. And that can be misleading in a way. Toxic masculinity would be the lack of masculinity. And sometimes what people perceive as toxic masculinity could be the wounded masculine, which is like a lack of, of that masculinity or just some type of imbalance, um, however you would like to define it. And sometimes that may even look a little feminine as well. It could be a bit passive-aggressive. Now, toxic feminine femininity, if people actually said that word, <laughs> I would say would be a lack of the radiance and, you know, not having that radiance and, and, and not trusting the feminine and not trust, you know, it's not necessarily feminine if, if you were, we were to say someone is toxic feminine, right? So one other thing that people want that, that people argue over this or, may feel like this is insulting to point out is that why does it say that women are, you know, or the feminine is radiant and flow and why, you know, why aren't they responsible or confident like the natural masculine or courage or, you know, direction, things like that, or active um, and expansive. Well, here's the thing. One thing we have to question here is what is our what is our perception of strength? And where did we get our perception of strength? So a lot of people may be mistaken or you know a lot of women may find themselves in a position to apply masculine traits that may not feel totally aligned to them. But they were told, and we've been conditioned in society, that that's what strength looks like. And we see words or, you know, ex uh, you know ways to explain the feminine as like sensitivity. Maybe we, we look at that in a negative light. Or we look at um, passive, right? In a negative light. But what if those energies are strength as well. And it kind of just shows how a lot of people in modern day society may think we're very progressive and we've, you know, we've progressed so much, but then we see the words passive 
or intuitive and inward as something that's not a, a, a replication of strength. You know, that's something to question as well. Like if we're if we're still not in that state or we're still not in that stage of society of seeing the power and the amazingness of the actual natural feminine energy, then ha- how far have we really progressed? And that's not saying everyone, but I just feel like knowing this stuff is more on the leading edge and sometimes we misunderstand things. So going into this, and by the way, I, you know, the whole thing, I'd much rather say wounded masculine or wounded feminine or shadow feminine or, you know, rather than toxic. Because I feel like so many people just say everything is fucking toxic. And it's just, it's too much. So, like I said, in the beginning of this, I said, it seems we are overtly outraged at any bit of wounded masculine destruction while wounded feminine destruction is ignored or sometimes seen as progress. And I wanted to give some examples of this. So, for one thing, something that comes up with actual gender is a discussion that I was seeing earlier today was the concept of more women are making money and by the year of 2030, more women will have money, which is awesome. I think women having money is an amazing thing. I help women make money. Um, My fiance, Rebecca, soon to be wife. So wife in a, in a month. So I guess I could say wife. She makes a fuck ton of money and helps other women make money, and it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a beautiful thing for there to be equal opportunity. Now, something that was discussed in this conversation, though, is this belief system that women with money are much better than men with money, which is a strange either-or thing, and I'd say it's a bit naive, and um and this 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 is this is just proof that I don't fucking pander because actually I think my audience I don't know it might be 50/50 but I get the perception that a lot of my audience are women so I don't fucking pander I just tell the truth and hopefully that this truth can be helpful I think it's a very naive um way of thinking to think that money in a certain gender's hands will make the world a better place. And everyone is unique. We're all one, you know, we're all one and we're all unique like snowflakes or some shit. I don't know, whatever the term is. We're all unique, but you can find some maybe stereotypical or some common downfalls and blind blind uh blind spots i don't know why i i had a mental brain fart on that one blind spots we all have blind spots uh when it comes to being in our power and i think there's a commonality in some cases where women have some blind spots and men have some blind spots so just going back to the wounded, wounded masculine and wounded feminine, you can tie that into gender. It, the gender all, doesn't always define what that looks like. 
But if we ignore the wounded feminine, then it's just creating a level of destruction that we're not detecting. And then we pretend that it's progress. So for instance, a blind spot for a man in power with a lot of money could be the urge to dominate. We'll even go back to this chart. So let's see, what would a man in power be doing um, if he was in his wounded masculine? Abuse of power, dominance, right? So like taking over, taking over countries and, and war and violence and aggression and control and being competitive all the time and not being supportive and and just thinking of like, how can we dominate you know, shit like that. The obvious stuff where this argument comes up, right? And very so, I can see where people are coming from, where it's like, if women were more in power, then it would be better. But what happens when the f- wounded feminine is in power? So a woman who hasn't cleaned up her shit is in power, then you have the codependency, oversensitive, over-emotional. You know, over-emotional can be making decisions that compromises her people because her emotions got caught up in something. And then there was a cloud that didn't allow her to make a strategic decision, right? Um, withholding, you know, withholding information. And... If you're paying attention here, the wounded feminine, when I'm saying this stuff, you may see familiar aspects of the leadership in these past two years of when there has been human beings in our society, in Western society, has gone through a lot of abuse because of the scandemic narrative. Um Manipulation, manipulation with the Fauci juice, manip- you know, weakness, powerless. So what I'm saying here is we often look at the damage of the wounded masculine, of going to war and destruction and things of that nature. But then we overlook the manipulation. We overlook the over-emotional decisions that lead to chaos we overlook um, the neediness or the, you know, being in the, the victim mindset where, you know, instead of empowering others, we're heroing and rescuing others. So I wanted to point that out. And what the solution to this is, is that instead of saying it's either or, instead of saying it's either masculine or feminine energy or, you know, women are better than men, whatever it is, or the future is female. What if the mission was to both men and women healing, both the masculine and feminine energy healing and taking notice of what the wounded feminine is and taking notice at what the wounded masculine is and not weaponizing it and using it to fight each other and using it to divide each other. Or using it to think that one gender is more superior than the other. Now, when I say this, I'm using an example of where people feel like women are superior to men. But it goes both ways, you know? You know, sometimes we're so naive. There's the woman that will say that all men are trash or whatever. Or, you know, they disrespect men. Even women that are married 
um, will disrespect their husband. But the same thing goes for men. You know, men will say that all women are trash um, and disrespect their wife and things like things of that nature. And sometimes it looks like like it in different ways. But something that I've been seeing, at least from my point of view, is that, like I said, when the masculine is in destruction, destruction mode, everybody is quick to denounce it. Sometimes rightfully so. Sometimes it's an overreaction, just like I said about um, the wounded feminine being over-emotional. Sometimes it's an overly emotional reaction before looking at all the logistics and the facts and seeing what we're dealing with. And, and you can see that whenever some type of world event pops up, um, there's this overly emotional reaction. And we tend to praise that overly emotional reaction and quick to demonize any sense of wounded masculine behavior. Now, sometimes that's rightfully so. Sometimes it's an overreaction. But something that I find is with the woman, wound, woman in the womb, wounded feminine behavior, it's either ignored or even praised as progress. Now, I'm actually punching in for a moment. And the reason is, is because I forgot to mention something on the same topic about the discussion that I saw um, about women having most of the world's money by 2030. And something else I want to say is, of course... The topic may be brought up by me at first. The topic of the 2030 plan by Klaus Schwab came up. Now, if you don't understand what the 2030 agenda is, I highly suggest looking into it. Klaus Schwab himself has written books about the 2030 agenda, and his vision is all about you owning nothing and you being happy. So obviously, this agenda is at the complete opposite of successful women business owners thriving in the year of 2030. Now, the reason why I bring this up is I found it ironic because by a conservative estimate, I would say at least I can confidently say 30% of the women that were weighing in and celebrating the fact that uh, women would be holding most of the money in 2030 are actively voting for politicians that are on the World Economic Forum, which is with Klaus Schwab and his agenda. And oftentimes these policies are masqueraded under good things such as, quote-unquote, equity, equality, things of that nature. So this is kind of like a live-in-motion example of how a perhaps emotional decision instead of looking deeper into what exactly you are supporting, what exactly you're pushing your peers into supporting, and what exactly you're putting your money towards, and what exactly you're voting for, etc. Um, that can show the actual downfall of thinking that you're supporting something that is a humanitarian effort, when in actuality, it could very well be the most oppressive effort that we've seen um, in many years. And seeing it attempted on a global level, it could be 
one of the worst, most oppressive things that humanity has ever faced, um, depending on how it's executed. I didn't want to say that to bring fear or negativity into this podcast. I do truly believe that the agenda will fall flat on its face. I do believe that most more people are becoming more awakened to what's going on in the world. I just wanted to point out the irony of celebrating such a thing and then not realizing that many people are likely blindly supporting this 2030 agenda. And I also wanted to highlight the importance of at least having some grasp on what the 2030 agenda is. J.P. Sears has recently done a brilliant video um, about Klaus Schwab. Um, just fucking brilliant. And it's not a conspiracy. Like, it's, I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory because it's written in books. It's in interviews and they're saying flat out what their plans are. The plans are a lot darker than even what I painted in this podcast, but something to consider. And I've never been the type of person to be the pushy person to say, go out and vote and vote for this person and blah, blah, blah. But I do recommend to have an understanding of what politicians have been installed by the World Economic Forum and to actively vote against that if you want a thriving 2030 and if you want women to have a ton of wealth um, and if you want to create a beautiful world that is truly filled with equality. You know, that's just my suggestion. Suggestion. Anyway, <laughs> punch in over back to the original podcast that was recorded. Another example of like a conversation that's been going on is the Kanye versus Kim Kardashian versus Pete Davidson situation where Kanye West is obsessively trying to get back with Kim Kardashian um, and things of that nature. Now, I can see the side of people who are saying that Kanye West is is showing signs of abusive behavior. Sometimes it is an overreaction of making claims that they don't know about. But I can see where they're coming from, and I can definitely agree that the relationship between Kanye West and Kim Kardashian is not squeaky clean, to say the least. And there, there probably is forms of emotional abuse going on. I, I, you know, but at the same time, I do not know what goes on in their relationship. But a question that always pops up in my head when people discuss this situation and are quick to make Kanye West the villain and Kim Kardashian uh, the this angel that has done nothing wrong. Um, I question things. I question why no one raised their concerns about Kanye West's mental health when he started going on reality TV or questioning the, the, the effects and impacts of mental health of having a reality TV show. Like nobody seems to see that as an issue. You know, it's like we'll demonize Kanye West but then we'll turn around and watch The Bachelor and think it's totally normal. Because The Bachelor and reality TV shows, for example, they thrive off of the wounded feminine. They thrive off of passive-aggressive behavior and, you know, talking behind each other. It's, it's not the... It's manipulation, you know? The, the t reality TV show, The Bachelor, I'm more aware of The Bachelor than 
fucking Kardashians. You know, I know it's different things. But The Bachelor, for example, it's built off manipulation. They abuse women off of manipulation. They even abuse men from manipulation. Um, You know, there's so much that goes behind the scenes of creating drama for these real people that are on this show, creating drama for our entertainment. So I just found it interesting that the moment we see Kanye West going off and saying he's going to beat Pete Davidson's ass, we're outraged. And it's like, oh my God, he's being abusive. And this is just the same as him abusing Kim if he's talking shit about Pete Davidson, which isn't necessarily true. That's sort of like an emotional opinion. Like, no, that's not exactly the same. Um, but I can see where I can see the the complaints about Kanye West's behavior, and I can see where a woman would see that and has had an overly obsessive boyfriend in the past or abusive boyfriend in the past where it shows the same exact red flags that she sees in the Kanye West situation. But then we turn around and we promote reality TV and we don't bat an eye on how uh, detrimental to somebody's mental health it could be to be part of the Kardashian family. Um, We don't question it at all. We don't question at all how detrimental to mental health is to have your family be aired on reality TV or we don't question that environment. And that's not to, you know, go into victim blaming or anything like that. It's just seeing it from a 360 perspective, you know, like instead of getting into this battle of who's the worst person, like, sure, um, you can make an argument that Kanye West is the worst person or you can make an argument that, you know, maybe you feel that Kim Kardashian is a worse person. And maybe that depends on what your uh, personal experiences has been. But I find it interesting that we demonize whenever there's aggression, like going to the wounded masculine, whenever we see aggression or this um, direct like this direct uh, attempt at control, we are outraged and perhaps rightfully so. But then when we see the shadowy manipulation, it's like that's progress because it's not as loud as the control. It's not as loud as the aggression. Another example that can be made here is um, the shit like what I would say the shadow of the Democratic Party versus the shadow of the Republican Party. The Republican Party, you know, the complaints that you have about the Republican Party would be it's direct asshole. Like, let's look at someone like Trump, direct asshole. He makes mean t- tweets. He's, uh, you know, like he's very in your face. He's very confrontational, things of that nature. And then you see the acts of the Democratic Party. It's more like we stand for progress and we do this. But also behind the scenes, we're manipulating you. We're pulling strings. We're making fake promises. We're telling you one thing and then doing the other. We're using manipulation tactics to view us in a certain way. But then we do the other thing. And perhaps by each personal level, the way that we vote, might be related to 
what shadow we're more comfortable with. It may be something to show, at, you know, it might be a reflection of our own shadows that we haven't addressed. Um, but that's something else to consider as well. So that's where I come to where it's interesting in, this, in society that it's a right thing to do to point out the toxic, toxic masculine. But we're often even protective when it comes to manipulation. And again, I'll say this one more time because this is the argument, I, the counter argument I always hear. You see men doing the manipulating a lot. So it's not... It's not like, oh, we, we let women off the hook and not men off the hook. No. Uh, men do the passive-aggressive behavior. They do the manipulation a lot. Um, and you'll see women be more in your face at times and uh, controlling and abusive directly and direct criticism at times as well. In fact, sometimes when the wounded feminine, the manipulation isn't working you might see a little bit more criticism or abuse or control. And I guess like the best way to show this or to show real world examples is that it wasn't socially, it was socially wrong to speak out against the wounded feminine when it came to the Rona narrative. You know, it was... It was seen wrong in many aspects from many people to speak out against the manipulation. And the manipulation behind any mo movement under that uh, umbrella, from that side of the political aisle, so to say, that authoritarian left, because there were, it's under manipulation. Sometimes the manipulation is behind a quote-unquote good cause. So if you questioned it, then you're an old lady killer. Or a grandma killer, right? Um, if you question it, then you're a racist. If you question it, like it's always hidden behind this movement that is supposedly for the better good, but there's this manipulation energy underneath it, and and a lot of times we accept it, or we just don't we we don't see it as bad as a aggressive in your face energy. Another example is. The Ukraine and Russia situation right now. Um, it's fine to manipulate and to use, um, let's say, withholding um, and the passive behavior of sanctions, of not allowing Russians to use Visa or MasterCard, even though they had nothing to do with the war. Um, it's okay for that. It's okay to to shut off their you know Apple Pay. It's okay to pretty much shut off Russian citizens from life. Like you know, and the in my argue like the argument about that is it's like well don't invade another nation. But it's like the people you know there's a lot of people in Russia that are against the war. Why are we punishing them? You know why are we why is it accepted? When we do that, when we make people's lives hard, why why is it accepted in this country uh, during the 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 pandemic that we're shutting down businesses and destroying people's livelihood, 
why is that seen as something that is like, okay, it's, it's responsible behavior. Um, you know, like, why is that? I guess that's it. Like, why is that seen as okay? And then you, you can easily paint Russia as a villain because they're the invaders without looking at, without looking at what led them to that point, without looking at um, what motivates them, and without looking at the whole picture in general. You know, it looks bad. And, you know, part of it is strategically for Russia, it's like they're just losing the PR war. They're losing the, the uh, you know, putting on that, you know, like putting on the perfect image or what, what's the word I'm looking for? They're losing the culture war. They're losing the culture war where, you know, you it's easy to make Ukraine look like the innocent good guys, but we don't, and what I'm saying is the government, I'm not saying like any civilians deserved anything of, you know, any type of this violence. And my heart goes out to the civilians of Ukraine and Russia, but like the Ukraine government has um, imprisoned media sources that were against the, you know, that didn't say what the government wanted them to say. Um, you know, there's passive aggressive control elements to what the Ukrainian government did. And some of that may have even pushed Russia over the edge to invade for their own safety. And someone, something, someone that broke this down to me, and I forgot where I heard this from, but imagine if we're the United States and China is moving into Canada or Mexico, and they say we're gonna we're gonna create nuclear power here, and we're gonna you know we're gonna have weapons of mass destruction right at your front door, etc. So you have a rival country with weapons of mass destruction. Would the, would United States not invade? Would the United States not try to find a way strategically to um, respond to that? So that's something that you got to look at. It's like, at what point is it trying to preserve, you know, Russia's safety in this whole situation? But the thing is, is we all look through this lens of the toxic masculine or the wounded masculine is bad, but we let the wounded feminine go under the radar, the passive aggressiveness. We let the manipulation go under the radar. And sometimes it's designed that way because it takes, you have to be, able to question things. You have to look at things deeper to see the whole story when it comes to manipulation, um, when, it become, when it comes to psychological warfare. You know, Russia is using a very old school uh, tactic and something we might see in the future is China um, moving in on Taiwan and China doing things, but China knows how to use manipulation. They, they know how to move through what you might call the toxic or the, the wounded feminine. You know, they, they're more tactful about it. So it's easier on the optics to justify something that is more manipulative, but could be hurting people's lives sometimes just as much um, but in a different way, in a more shadowy way, and maybe something that on the surface can look better for PR. So I kind of went off on a random tangent there. 
But I just wanted to point that out. That I think humanity or a big portion of humanity is making a big mistake of ignoring the dangers of passive aggressiveness, emotional abuse, and manipulation. And that's what cancel culture is, right? Cancel culture is a wounded feminine response to things. It's often passive aggressive. It's also, ah, I'm stumbling on my words here. It's often um, that passive aggressive mean girl type attitude of like, let me tell my friends, let's gossip about this person. Let's ice this person out. Um, let's manipulate them. And it's all, it's like this passive aggressive behavior that goes on within the shadows. It's something where, you know, it's this behavior where it's like, I'm going to throw stones and then I'm going to hide my hand or I'm going to hide it behind this virtuous cause. Um, that's what cancel culture is. It's, it's about talking, it's, you know, you're not, you're not often going to see cancel culture escalate into the streets where people are throwing fists at each other. No, it's about reputation smearing. It's about um, closing people's, you know, closing people off from their finances or, you know, their sponsors or their employers. And it's, it's hitting them in a way where it's trying to ruin their life in a manipulative way rather than trying to ruin their life by physical violence and force. And, you know, going into this, like I said, with the gender thing is you can see men be abusive in relationships, even when it's from that wounded masculine place, even when it's manipulation, when it when it's trying to, you know, passively um, be controlling through finances or whatever it may be. So I just wanted to point it point it out. And sometimes, even naturally so, this is something that I guess we discount because it's not as in your face, you know? It took me a while in my life to realize that somebody giving me the silent treatment was a form of abuse, right? It took me because I was used to, I knew how to avoid the aggressive abusive behavior in my life. But I didn't realize when, you know, an ex-partner of mine would give me the silence treatment. I didn't realize how that could be a form of abuse as well. Um, so I think it's a natural thing that us humans do is if it's not as loud, we don't seem to see it as intense. We often discount um, emotional abuse and then see, you know, rightfully so, we see physical abuse as a bad thing. But we don't see emotional abuse as bad, even though in some ways, I guess it can be more painful of a different flavor, I would say. Like, it's, it, you know, there's different complications to emotional abuse. Um, we discount that. Or something that I've heard that I think there's a bit more nuance to this, but something I've heard is that when you're in your shadow feminine you're beating yourself up but shadow masculine is criticizing other people 
And I think, you know, sometimes that can be interesting because um, sometimes, you know, the masculine, some, where does it say it? Inner strength, responsibility, right? So natural masculine is considered uh, responsibility according to this chart. But sometimes responsibility can look at look like I refuse to criticize anybody else and I decide to be hard on myself, which isn't, I guess it's not considered responsibility. It's more of saying it's your fault and maybe it's a shadow version of responsibility. But like that's kind of the nuance there where it's like, okay, but maybe some kind of masculine action led you to self-criticism. But anyway, I say that because one thing that we harm ourselves and we harm other people in the process, because if we're harming ourselves, we're not the best version of ourselves to others and we're not as, as at service to others as we can be, is we'll discount when we beat ourselves up. But we see it as maybe more of a horrible thing when we beat others up or we criticize others. And of course, it's best not to do either. But it's quite interesting how it might be more socially acceptable to be self-deprecating. So that's what I wanted to rant about. And my call to action here on this podcast is to notice that within yourself. Notice at times where you accept manipulation in your life and you don't see how abusive that it really is or how destructive that it really is. Um, or see the ways that you may be criticizing yourself. You may be a nice person and you're not rude to others. But how many times do you sacrifice yourself in order to make other people comfortable? How many times do you find yourself in people-pleasing behavior, which is actually self-abuse? So my call to action is awareness. Have awareness around these things. And awareness how these things happen in society. Because the truth is, for one thing, we all need each other. And it's a, it's a psyop, basically, to fall in the narrative of the gender wars. And to say that either men or women are trash. And to fall into that way of thinking or to think that one gender is superior. It's really quite in, insane to think that people feel that way in the year of 2022, but I see it. I see it a lot. Um, so to know that we're in this together and to know that we are at power when we balance out our masculine and feminine energies. Anyway, give this podcast five stars. Um, give me a shout out. Share this to your friends. This is Brandon Marshall Havener signing out.